Are you a woman founder starting or building your business and it's time to get unstuck and get growing? How do you do the big things that you're dreaming of, build your business empire, and still keep from breaking your sanity and your bank balance? Yes, I said empire. We don't play small around here. You aren't starting a little business or creating a side hustle. You are building your business empire. And if you want it, we are going to help you go get it. This is the One Step Empire from She Incorporated, and we're here every week to help you build your business and create freedom through success as an entrepreneur. This is the podcast for women founders who are building their dreams one step at a time. We aren't going to let you play small just because your budget might be. There are hundreds of ways you can create incredible impact in your business with the resources you have right now, and we're going to help you do that each and every week. Massive success in simple steps. That's what One Step Empire is all about. Have you ever thought about what your brand would be like if it was a person? Would it be cool and down to earth like Jennifer Aniston or maybe bubbly and friendly and a little bit granola like Drew Barrymore? Maybe it's hardworking and tough or stylish and poised. That brand personality is part of your brand voice, and it's a fun and easy way to start digging into how your brand should communicate to your audience. But beyond that starting point, there are lots of points to consider to find your authentic brand voice and use it to build your brand effectively. Our favorite work wives, Hannah and Jessica, are here today to help us develop our own brand voice so we can use it to create a loyal base of customers and fans. Figuring this part out as early as possible is key because it will guide so many of your decisions in marketing and beyond as your business grows. So take a few minutes today and find your brand voice with us. Let's get into it. Hannah and Jessica are here today as our favorite work-wife team. They were co-workers turned work-wives and now turned co-CEOs. They are the founders of Work-Wife Writers, a copywriting company that helps entrepreneurs use their authentic voice and build their brand. And I cannot wait to dive into this topic. Thank you, ladies, so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having us. And you nailed our name. It was great. One take wonder. Are you all right? Well, we won't talk about the takes beforehand. Okay. (laughs) Make me look good. So tell us a bit more about how you got connected. I gave a, a really brief intro there, but you've got a great story and you, you've done a lot of this journey together and it's kind of sounds like it was meant to be. So can you give us the backstory on that? Yeah. So we actually met at a different copywriting company before the one that we founded. And that copywriting company encouraged us in that we saw it and thought we could probably do this better. And so after about a year, we decided, yeah, we're we're going to do this better. And so we started our own copywriting company. And where WorkWife comes in is Jess and I had gotten along very well in the previous company to the point that I said in a non-harassing slash flirtatious way, would you marry me? And thankfully she said yes. And so we ended up becoming WorkWives. And I kind of joked, listen, if we ever create a company, we have to have WorkWives in the title. And then I kind of thought of it a little bit and I thought, oh, WorkWife Writers, the alliteration, it's right there. you know. And so we decided to go with that and we combined our experience. We ended up having around the same amount of experience in our specific fields. I had, at the time when we founded our company, about eight or nine years in administration, business administration, and Jess had had eight or nine years in copywriting. And I should mention that's copywriting WR, 
not R-I-G-H-T. It's with the pencil, not with the, the C with the circle around it. A lot of people get that very confused. Copywriting is just copy. I shouldn't say that. What is copy? Maybe people don't know. Copywriting is the written part of any sort of marketing. So any web page you look at, any ad that you see or read, um, basically that you read in general is technically considered copy. So that's what we do. We're kind of everywhere all at once. Thank you for verifying uh, that too, because it does get confusing if you're not familiar with the term copy. We're talking about an entirely different thing. So that's perfect. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen uh, lawyers write copywriting, but with the W and I just think, oh, this is another explanation I'm going to have to give later today. You know, they need your help. <laughs> they do. That's why. But that's why we're here. That's why people are hiring us. We, we get the distinction. That's great. That's a great story. What a great way to start a business, too. So one of the things that you guys are really, really tuned into is using an authentic brand voice. And I love this because it's it's something that's so often missed completely when we start our business and it has a huge impact. We miss it because it's not something on a checklist somewhere necessarily. And it's not something that you might notice right away that's missing, but over the long term and over all of your marketing, you would certainly, you would certainly miss it. So I'm really glad that we that we get to talk about this. So let's start with, I guess, what is a brand voice? Yeah. So a brand voice is basically just the personality of your brand as conveyed through what you're saying and how you're saying it. There's a lot of different components, but basically what we really want to emphasize as a company and like that we're encouraging businesses to tap into is that brand voice isn't something you pepper in like later when you get the chance, it should really be a foundational part of your brand and of your marketing. Right. Yeah. And it really affects everything that you do. It's a, it's a touchstone that you get to come back to, isn't it? And, and really everything you do, you could say now, you know, it, how is this affected? So why is the brand voice important for successful marketing then? Yeah. So it's really important for a few reasons. The first is obviously that it's going to keep you distinct from other brands and other companies that are doing maybe the same kind of products or services that you're doing. You want a way to be yourself, your own brand that's different from other similar brands. The second reason is that it's going to keep you recognizable across your different platforms. So when you're talking on your website, when you're posting a blog or sending an email or posting on social media, you want all of those things to sound like they come from the same company. So brand voice is the sort of the, the thread that ties all of those together. And then that consistency is really important because that translates into how your customers and your clients and your audience are going to read into your brand. Because when they feel like your messaging is consistent and they know what to expect from you, it really feeds into brand loyalty. It feeds into customer retention. It makes it easier to engage with all of these people that you're trying to connect with. When they can see something and read it and recognize, oh, that's this brand. I know what that is. I know what they're like. And hopefully, you know, ideally, they like that personality that you've created. If I could have one more thing internally, it also helps as well on kind of the business side of things. If you're bringing in a new employee or maybe you have to take over your marketing for any reason whatsoever. If you have a brand voice established, the consistency will remain. You're not left kind of guessing, how do I write this? You know, how do I convey what I want to convey, but still remain, quote unquote, on brand? Having that brand voice and a, and a brand guide as well to go along with it will help internally as well as externally. Yeah, and that consistency piece too, 
if you've attracted your ideal clients with a certain voice that you're using and they've connected with that and they've come to you and then you switch it up and suddenly do something that's completely out of character for your brand. And I think we've all kind of had that happen at some point, right? You're you're buying from someone and then something comes out and you're like, that just doesn't feel right. That doesn't sound right from them. That doesn't make sense. It's very confusing and you can lose a lot of people that way. The consistency piece is, is so huge. Exactly. And this is kind of like you can think of it if it's helpful the same way you approach people. If you like get to know a person, you have a good rapport with them. And then all of a sudden the next day, it seems like they're a totally different person. You're going to be like, hey, what's happening? Like, what's going on? I don't know what you want to do. So if you kind of want the same feel for your brand, you want it to be recognizable and uniquely you. Excellent. So how do we do that? Yeah, <laughs> that's the next step, that right? That's the big question, right? So brand voice, I feel like, can come off as a sort of nebulous concept because you're like, sure, a personality, like a sound, a, a tone, like what does that mean? How do I break that down as a person trying to create something for my brand? And so I think there are two sides to the components of brand voice. The first is the writing side. And so this is going to be specific things like the tone of voice that you're writing in, the word choice that you're using, your grammar, all of these kind of technical writing aspects that are coming into play and are going to tie together to create the writing side. And then the other important side is the messaging side. And so that's going to be stuff like having a really solid mission, vision, and core values for your business. And so when you have all of these things combined together into a very specific, intentional vision, that's sort of where brand voice comes from. So I can also talk a little bit about how to get into like each of those subcomponents, if that would be helpful. Yeah, that would be very helpful. Thank you. Yeah. So I think tone is a really good place to start because tone is sort of what you think of when you hear brand voice. So to start out and get into a tone of voice that you feel is good for your brand, I like to start thinking of that as sort of scales of like opposites. So do you want formal or informal? And where on that scale do you want the tone for your brand to fall? Or like funny versus like formal and like serious? Where on that scale do you want your your tone to fall? And then the other half of tone, and this is the sort of part that I think isn't considered as much, is the sort of intention and reception of your content. So when you write something, you should be thinking, how do I want the reader to feel when they read this? Like when somebody reads the content for my brand, do I want them to feel challenge? Do I want them to feel motivated to act? Do I want them to feel informed? Like these are all core components that are really going to solidify what your brand means and what you're doing with your content. And then the second part of that would be what are you encouraging the reader to do after they read? So do you want them to go learn more about a topic? Do you want them to reflect on something? Do you want them to, you know, write and express themselves? Probably at some point you want them to make a purchase, but that's sort of a like a subset just sort of thinking about the path that you're creating and how you're guiding them down that path. I think it's really important for the tone aspect. And then when we get into the specifics of like the words that you're choosing and how you're actually writing, I think the technical aspect is also very important and is something that people are sort of taking for granted, especially if you are a solopreneur or someone who is doing all of your own content. You're like, well, I write it the way I write it right? You know, it just comes out how it comes out. But it's really important to sit down and think about the kinds of words that you're using, the grammar you're using, 
and figuring out how these things are really coming into play for your brand specifically. So with something like the word choice that you're using, does your brand have any specific terms or phrases that you use that no one else uses? Are there things specific to your industry that are really important for your brand voice? Do you use metaphors and analogies? Do you sort of speak in flowery figurative language? Is that something you like or don't like? Do you have any words or phrases that you don't say? That's actually really important. And I think a helpful way for a lot of people to come at brand voice is sometimes to go from the opposite and say, well, what do I not want to be? And sometimes process of elimination, you can work backwards and figure it out from there. And these are not things that we're going to just sit down and think about every time we start to write something. This is something we're going to sit down at the beginning or now, if now is not the beginning, and we're going to say, okay, this is this is what I sound like in everything I do. We don't figure this out as we go. This is this is planned. Yes, exactly. And so that's the big thing is that you want this all to be planned beforehand and you want it written down somewhere. I cannot stress enough how much I want. If there's one thing to take away from today, brand voice, write down what you want your brand voice to be, what you want it to sound like. Because when it's all in your head, it can't be pinned down. You can't, as Hannah was saying, pass off your content to someone else confidently because it's all in your head. They don't know what it's supposed to sound like. You can't shift things as well because if you do decide you need to change your brand voice for whatever reason, if your company takes a new direction, you don't have that foundation to look at and say, these are the things I'm going to change. You're just kind of winging it, which is, again, not the great way to be consistent and to engage with your audience like we were talking about. And it's a great thing to add to your brand kit with your fonts and your colors and stuff, right? I mean, that's, it's all absolutely, it's all part of the same thing. And and you're right because we think, okay, we've nailed it. And then you, we forget all of the, all of the things, even if we didn't hand it off to anyone else, just for myself to go back to, you know, what did I decide on that? What was that thing? How did it, you forget exactly. Oh, you need to have it somewhere to refer to. Yeah. I think also another thing to determine as well, especially when you're, as you said, either sitting down now or hopefully first sitting down because you really want to get this as soon as possible is to determine whether your brand voice is incorporating or is your actual voice as well because some brands do have a completely different brand voice compared to those who are working in that brand if you're thinking kind of larger corporations or anything like that so the best example i can give is i'm a new englander uh, if anybody has been to New England, they know exactly what that means. And sometimes that doesn't translate well to the business world. And so I can't use my voice. I have to use whatever brand I'm working with voice, the company's voice, if you will. Determining what voice you're going to use. Is it yours or if it's or is it a brand new one or is it something in between is also something to figure out pretty early on as well. So you, you've got an interesting topic. I, I'd love to hear more about. We talked about this briefly previously. Is using your brand voice and your overall marketing to be more inclusive and accessible? Let's talk about that. Absolutely. Yeah. So those are two things that we've really tried to build into our business as we've been sort of creating this and going through the process. And accessibility and inclusivity are really things that are built into your values as a company and your brand voice as a company, which is why it's really important to establish those things early on. So one of the reasons that it's so important to tie those things up together is that a lot of the problems that we see brands running into now are feeling like they're acting in a way that is performative, right? So we are 
currently recording during LGBTQ Pride Month. And so like you see, once it hits June, everybody's like turning their logo to a rainbow and you're like, okay, that's that's nice you know, su- support. But what what does that really mean? Like, are you just doing that because everybody else is doing that? Do you have a structure in place that is already supporting this cause? And this is true of any cause that your brand is trying to support. We really want to encourage the companies that we work with to incorporate these elements into everything from the start. That way, things don't feel performative. They feel natural and a real part of your brand. And so one of the ways that you can do that specifically through your brand voice and your copy is to really think about the words that you're using and making sure those are sort of accessible and inclusive. And then for copy specifically, a lot of accessibility is tied up in readability, making sure that when you write something, it can be read by as many people as possible. There are a few different ways to do that. One of the big ones is to avoid jargon and sort of terms and specific language or metaphors and like analogies that we were just talking about being potentially part of your brand. Um, Making sure those things are not like so niche that they are turning off people and making people confused and making people feel like they don't understand you. Another accessibility thing is to just be conscious of your text spacing and to make sure that you're breaking up like shorter and longer blocks of text with headers and subheaders. And then another really practical tip that I've happened upon recently, and now I've been telling everyone that they should start doing this, is that if you are using bullet points and the items in the bullet points are sentences, you should end those sentences with a period like you would in any other uh, context because it's really helpful for screen readers. So people who are visually impaired or who are otherwise using a device to read bullet-pointed lists. It helps the the computer reader understand and interpret those bullets easier. And then it's also really good for people with ADHD or people with dyslexia because seeing the period helps them organize the sentence in their mind and just makes everything a lot more readable. And so it's really just little things like that. It's those are None of those things are tweaks that are going to be difficult for you to employ, but really show that you are being conscious of the choices that you're making and you're acting in a way that is making your content accessible to as many people as possible. Thinking about your language right from the beginning, because you need to be careful, you know, and there's there's a lot of language that's changed over the last, you know, five, 10 years, 15 years. And you may not even be aware of some of the the words and the phrases that you're using, and you may mean no harm, mean no offense with them, but you're not aware of how that's being received by other people. So I think to really sit down and look at your language from the beginning and, and build that in is is such a great idea. Absolutely. And as you're saying, this is something that changes a lot. And so it's good to sort of schedule time to reevaluate the language that you're using and the, all these kind of things just to see, hey, has anything changed? Is there something that I need to be aware of? Do I need to make any shifts, adjustments as I'm going? And that's another way to just make sure that your brand is staying conscious is staying relevant and is coming across as accessible, inclusive, and not performative. Now, any other tips that we didn't cover here as far as building that brand voice, implementing it that we should we should keep in mind? Yeah, I think definitely you're going to want to think about who on your team needs to be part of this conversation. If you're a solopreneur, if you own your own business, you can do it by yourself. But if you do have other employees, other people who are important in your company, you'll all want to kind of sit down and have this conversation together. 
do a big brainstorming session. And I think I sort of briefly touched on this before, but again, I think one of the most effective ways to go about figuring out what your brand voice should be, if you don't know, if you're like, I have no idea, I don't know where to start with this, is to work backwards and think, what do I, what do I not want to sound like? I know that was especially helpful for me in my very first communications job, I worked for an animal welfare organization. And when I started there and I started taking over their content, what they told me was that we want to not sound like the ASPCA. That was the that was the instruction they gave me. And so that sort of brings to mind, you know, the sad Sarah McLaughlin commercials and sort of like feelings of guilt and like, you know, making you feel a little bit sad and kind of down and like it's a little pessimistic. And so they were like, that's exactly what we don't want to sound like. Work backwards from there. And so if you can find something like that for your business, I think that's really helpful. That's a great tip. And you could start, so you could start with your competitors, whoever they happen to be, right? See who you're, what do you need to stand out from? Let's start, you know, let's start there and, and look at your, your market as well. Look at your target market and, and what they respond to and, and how you want to come across to them. Absolutely. Yeah. And so definitely you can start with competitors and then just any brands that you admire. Like if you think there is a brand that has a really strong voice that you like, whether or not they're in your industry, look at the content that they're making, look at how they're crafting that voice, that personality and see what you can pick from there and turn into your own thing. Yeah. Dissect it a little bit. Very nice. So you actually have a a whole course that you do on this. Is that correct? We do. Yeah. We teach a course called Copyrise. And one of the weeks of Copyrise is dedicated to brand voice. And so that is all about taking these like this concept that's kind of hard to break down and saying here from a technical side, from a writing perspective, here is how you're going to do that. We break down different steps and ways that you can approach figuring out a brand voice. Our course is geared towards copywriters specifically so that they can tap into brand voice for different clients that they're working with. But I think it's super useful for business owners and for people who are trying to create their own content, especially if you don't have any experience in this kind of thing, because it is a little overwhelming to figure out where to start. So we do have Copyrise and do a a brand voice week for that. I believe we'll we'll link out to that course in the description. And I think Hannah said we're going to do a a discount for your listeners. Nice. Excellent. Thank you for that. And you also do one-on-one clients as well. Is that correct? If if people want to reach out and, and connect. Yeah. If you're like, wow, I love this idea of brand voice, but I still don't know where to start and or I don't have time and don't really know what I'm doing enough to feel confident about it. We make brand voice guides so you can get in touch with us and we will sort all that out for you and give you that foundation that you need to really get your marketing started. So can you give us your the, your main website that people can find? Give it to us verbally. We're going to link it in the show notes as well. But just in case somebody's listening and just wants to hear it right now, what what is it? Yes, perfect. You can find us at workwifewriters.com. And that, there's a hyphen between work. So it's work-wifewriters.com. Beautiful. See how I made you say that? <laughs> I know it's a little bit of a tongue twister. Okay, perfect. And we are going to link it in the show notes. And if you happen to be listening on a platform where you can't see those, you can always, always, always get the links at onestepempire.com. It's the podcast website, just like the name of the podcast, onestepempire.com. And we've got all the links and all the goodies and the discount code as well will be there and the link to the website. So you can you can get in touch with Hannah and Jessica that way too. So I just wanted to say thank you, ladies. Thanks so much for for being with us today. I really appreciate you coming on with us. That was a lot of fun. 
Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks for hanging out with us and listening to the One Step Empire podcast. All the resources you need are found on our site, shecorporated.com. There are free downloads. The link to join our community of women entrepreneurs is there. All the show notes for every podcast episode, links to everything we've got going on, and the link to subscribe to the magazine for women founders, She Corporated Magazine. All of it can be found at shecorporated.com on the web. Make sure you follow us at She Corporated on Facebook or Instagram and set aside some time this week to put into practice what you learned today on the podcast. Block some time on your calendar in the next seven days and really commit to putting it into practice and not just on your to-do list because massive action creates massive results. You can do this and we're here to help.